What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender, and that's right, Adam Ronis's vacation continues, which allows me to roll out the red carpet again for another fantastic guest. And well, this was the guy who was actually first on my list. And so let me bring him in here. Ladies and gentlemen, from Rotowire, it's none other than Jeff Erickson. Jeff, what's going on, man? How are you? Howard, a happy who day to you as a very happy Bengals fan right now. Uh, life is good. Uh, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be on your show. We've both been through uh, a lot uh, together in this industry and a lot with our respective companies. So I think life is good in a lot of different respects right now. I always look at my Rotowire days as like the some of the absolute best, whether it was, you know, writing, you know, Kansas City Royals updates about country breakfast hmm. um, or going to Vegas on the uh, on the annual Rotowire trip so that I could uh, lose money to you in poker in the uh, in the room. Um, man, I, I, you know, Rotowire will always have that, that, you know, huge spot in my heart, man. So. Uh, it's, it's been a blast riding this rate wave with you, man. It's been an absolute blast. Yeah, it, it really, it's really been a great time and, uh, still for future, better times. Let's, let's keep it rolling here. Let's keep it rolling. The industry's only getting bigger, man. And we're talking not just fantasy, but the gambling aspect that happens. So, um, with all of that, let's, uh, let's talk a little Super Bowl. but before we do that, I mean, listen, who day nation for you, Jeff, you are, um, the biggest Cincinnati Bengals fan that I know, and um, you've been with them now your entire life. Are you from that area? So here's how, here's the, I grew up in Indianapolis. I am a man. I'm 50. Uh, the Bengals didn't, I mean, the Colts didn't come to Indy until I was a preteen. I mean, I was already a Bengal established Bengals fan. My dad's from Ohio. We'd go, we'd get home from church on Sunday morning and put on the Bengals game while we were watching, while eating our Sunday dinner in the family room. Uh, and they had some good teams. 1981 was the Super, 81 Super Bowl where they lost to the Niners. You know, everybody remembers that year as the, the Cowboys and uh, Niners in the NFC Championship game. Uh, Dwight Clark Cash and all that. I remember it as the year that Hacksaw Reynolds broke my heart, stopping Pete Johnson on that little dump off pass near the goal line uh, that fully changed that Super Bowl. The Bengals lost by less than a score in that one. Uh, and I stuck with them. And of course, the Niners broke my heart again, uh, the icky shuffle year. Uh, but I've been through and through. I've gone through some really hard times with the Bengals and I've stuck with them, even though my dad, who introduced me to the Bengals, is now a Chiefs fan. We moved to uh, uh, Wichita, Kansas when I was in high school. Uh, but I just I stayed a Bengals fan through all of this. How does he justify switching over to the Chiefs? And, and I'd like to know what year and who were the players on the Chiefs that your dad has decided to abandon the Bengals. I think it probably, you know, went with that 20 year absence from the playoffs. And, you know, <laughs> the, the Chiefs have had some fun teams. Marty Ball was a lot of fun for a lot, until the playoffs, playoffs not included. Uh, but, you know, there were a lot of great Chiefs teams. And so, you know, I, I get it. And it's just local. You could go to games, you know, and, and it helps that every every Sunday when you're in Wichita, Kansas, you're getting the Chiefs game. You're not getting a Bengals game. And, you know, it's not like he's a, you know, Sunday ticket sort of guy. He's a, you know, help me find my, you know, how do I find ESPN on my cable system guy? <laughs> Move the uh, rabbit ears to the left a little, please. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it's just the way it goes. And so my, and my brother is younger than I am. He didn't have the same allegiance to that, you know, didn't have those years built up as a Bengals fan. So I'm the only one in the family that's a Bengals fan anymore. Uh, I just, I've stuck with him this whole time. 
Well, it's it's clearly paying off for you here because the Bengals team that, that we're seeing right now, I mean, this is like the absolute darling of the NFL. Yep. And I mean, you know, Joe Burrow. Yeah, it's it's so funny. Like I hear, you know, and I, and I feel your pain as a Bengals fan. I mean, you know, I can't I can't really hold everybody to the Jets fan standard that I've had to endure my entire life. The Jets obviously winning the Super Bowl the year before I was born. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Joe Namath selling his soul uh, so that there would not be another Jets Super Bowl for at least as long as he's on Earth. So kind of waiting that one out a little bit. But I mean, the, the the with what you've had to endure is absolutely right. And, you know, big droughts from the playoffs and, and all of that. But I mean, how exciting is it right now? Like watching a kid like Joe Burrow do what he's doing, he seems so unfazed by the moment. And, and I think that's probably what I'm, I'm more, I'm most impressed with. Yeah. It, it, it's funny you say that. Cause I actually even said something like the moment will not be too big for him when I was talking about the chiefs game, actually, uh, you know, leading up to that, it's like, you know what? I, I, I don't think it's too big for him. I don't think it's too big for chase. Uh, and that, that's pretty awesome. And it's such a likable team. It's team fun. You know, it, you know, you just don't get that. And you understand that is when you, when you go through that walk in the wilderness and then you get such an eminently likable team. It's so fun. It, it's just the best. Uh, I got I was lucky enough. Uh, I went to the Bengals Titans game. Uh, Bob Cramutola, you might have interacted with him over over time. Uh, he's a big NFPC and NFFC player. And he sent out a tweet saying, if you're in the fantasy content industry uh, and you're a Bengals or a Titans fan, I got a ticket for you. So my wife and I took him up on that, and it was an awesome, quick 48-hour weekend in Nashville. What well, great place to spend 48 hours. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's just been such a joy, Howard. Uh, that That's the thing. is It's just I, it's so satisfying. Joe Burrow has more playoff wins as the starting quarterback for the Bengals than the Bengals have had for his entire life, um, which is just wild when you think about that there. They had never – you know, the last time they had won a playoff game was 1990. Uh, so it's to go here. It's just, it's incredible. I'm sure it is. All right. So Kenny Anderson, Boomer Esiason or Joe Burrow. That's Burrow. I mean, come on. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I I have a, I mean, I love both Boomer. I love Kenny, Kenny Anderson. Anthony Munoz is still the best all time bangle. Um, I I don't think that's in dispute. Uh, but it's Burrow. It's just, he, he just please, please stay healthy. Um, Oh, right. that's all I'm going to say. And we're going to move on from that before uttering certain players. Names. Right. Let me just do me a favor here. Just knock it on some wood there. Please. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, it's, 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 it's really kind of funny because, you know, when he, when he played last year and then he got hurt and, you know, it was, it was, you know, okay. It was looking good early on and he got hurt and disappointment. You kind of wondered what was going to happen uh, to him this year. And I was, I was actually pretty vocal about it, uh, on Sirius XM that, you know, I was making fun of the Bengals and Joe Burrow, uh, you know, for being you, you've seen wedding crashers, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. So, you know, that scene where she's asking Isla Fisher's asking Christopher Walken, if, uh, Jeremy can come to the, you know, to the house afterwards. And she starts throwing that fit and holding her breath and stomping her feet. Yeah. So that to me was Joe Burrow on draft day. And I'm like, you need an offensive line, dude. You need an offensive line. But he's sitting there throwing, you know, that 
you know, that that little hissy fit there saying, right. draft me Jamar Chase, draft me Jamar Chase. And and I got to tell you, man, I have as as somebody who just appreciates watching the game played and and as an analyst, like I, I so relish in the fact that I was I was wrong for that. I, I know that, yes, Penny Sewell would have been great. And the you know, offensive line definitely needs some repairs. But the relationship between Burrow and Chase for the Bengals to have this now for however many years it's going to be, that's a huge asset. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that happened was they they signed Riley Reef to be the right tackle in the offseason. He, you know, formerly on the Vikings. They they tried to upgrade their offense line. Reef has been out for the entirety of the playoffs with an ankle injury. You know, that's one of the reasons why the Titans sacked Burrow nine times uh, in, in that game in the playoffs is that they didn't have their starting right tackle. And that was that's a big loss. He went down like week 12, tried to come back, couldn't, and then it was like a setback and he's been done. But that gave them some optionality. And thank goodness. I mean, it's the thing is, you don't want to have a David Carr career. You don't want to have an Andrew Luck career. You got to get him some help. It's not too late, though. They're, the, the Bengals have a really good cap situation next year. That's going to that's gonna work in their favor. They're going to spend that first round draft pick almost certainly on an offensive lineman. You know, they could go center or they could go right guard or they mm-hmm. could go another tacker. Point is, they have optionality. I, I, I don't see this as being a big problem uh, in the long run. It's a problem on Sunday against the Rams and Aaron Donald and company. But in the long run, I don't think they're going to do a Colts. They're not going to be drafting a running back in the first round this upcoming year. They're going to protect him. Yeah, I, it's the must move. It really is the must move. So. How does how does this offensive line? How do they how do the Bengals neutralize? I mean, the pass rush from Donald, uh, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd. I mean, this is the, this is a very fearsome defensive line with strong edge rushers there. Um, what do you see the Bengals doing to help neutralize that? And so Joe Burrow isn't picking his ass up off the ground, right? You know, right, right, nine right. times. I mean, there were a couple of times there of those nine sacks. I'm not going to blame the offensive line completely. I did think that Burrow held the ball a little too long. On Agreed. A couple of those, at but, least two or three of them, and you know where yeah. he could have just gotten rid of them. A couple of times he may have ducked. He might have even ducked early, just to avoid trying to force a ball, which I'm okay with. You know, sometimes you have to know when it's okay to take a sack too take the three yard sack instead of scrambling and taking the 15 yarder with the fumble. I mean, I think that's, that's a thing too. Uh, The other thing uh, is the Bengals are more effective when they go empty, when they don't crowd the line of scrimmage, when they spread out the field and force the the, the defense to commit assets to covering all their playmakers, because that's the thing that they're strong at. I mean, they got three really good wide receivers. Uh, You know, everybody knows about chase. Everybody knows about Higgins. Tyler Boyd's really good. He is excellent in the slot he's a great route runner he's got good hands he's had his share of big games he you know last year he you know he was basically their number one target uh and he he's a very good player in his own right they spent a second round pick when they got him he's a legit player uh mixon can catch the ball if they get uzama back that's a big aspect of it too that's something to really watch out for as well uh can they get him back and get him give the rams someone else to think about in covering you know if the rams base front can get a lot of pressure on Burrow without a, without blitzing, then it's going to be a hard time for the Bengals. But if they have to resort to the blitz, they have to leave Chase in single coverage and Higgins in single coverage. Good things can happen. I, you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, the the play in the Tennessee game that clinched right before the field goal, the, the 
about the, the 17-yard pass to, to Chase. Mm-hmm. All three wide receivers were, had beaten their man and were open uh, on that there. The, if you show like the all like the, the all 11, the, the wide view of that, you can see them coming out of their breaks and all of them open. All of them would have worked. They're good receivers, Howard. They just need time. You know, I think they're great. I'd kill to have any of them on the Jets. Um, I love the mention of Tyler Boyd here because, you know, one of the things that, that you do like to see, and I think that that kind of affected them, at least in the first half in the Chiefs game when they lost Uzama, was that Burrow does like to work the, uh, the, the middle of the field. Yes, he does. And he loves to hit Uzama there, and he loves to hit Tyler Boyd there. I was looking at Tyler Boyd's receiving yards prop, and, and it's 40 and a half, and I'm like, well, you know, I, I know Uzama's comments of I'm not going to miss the biggest game of my life, but is he going to be 100 percent? So I was kind of leaning on the uh, on the over for that prop um, for that. So it's middle of the field there for for those two guys. And yeah, Joe Mixon catching passes, you know, again, 25 and a half receiving yards is his prop. I'm I'm loving it, smashing the over there. Like, why wouldn't you do dump offs and check downs to Joe Mixon just to neutralize the edge rushers when they overcommit? Yeah, I, I agreed. The other prop I like involving Tyler Boyd is the anytime TD. It, and this is where you got to do some shopping around. But DraftKings mm-hmm. right now, it's 275. It's 275 on Tyler Boyd. Uh, at, at FanDuel, it's 230. At BetMGM, it's 190. So you got to pick your spots. But, you know, and that's the thing with player props is you should be doing that anyhow. You should be looking all around for your best source. And I apologize if you have a sponsor that's your exclusive sponsor there that I stepped all over. But point is, player <laughs> props have a lot of variability. Here's some of the players that have lower odds than Tyler Boyd to score a touchdown. You know, the, the big the big receivers for both teams. Sure, I get that. They're mixing acres, all that. But Sony Michelle's 240. Kendall Blanton's at 230. Higby's at 230. Uzama's at 250. Who and we don't even know if he's gonna play. Van Jefferson's 245. Daryl Hen- Henderson is 250. I, I think though that I think that's something you should jump on. I think Tyler Boyd's got a really nice number there. And he scored, I think, five out of the last seven games. He is someone you definitely absolutely should be looking as, a, as an option there. Uh, so that, that's one I like. I love him. I do. I definitely do. All right. So game plan here for the Bengals, what they need to do to beat the Rams this weekend is? Give Burrow time. I think that's obvious. Uh, I don't think enough has been said about the Bengals defense. I think that's the other thing. I, you know. Obviously, the biggest matchup in the game is Rams defensive line against the, the Bengals offensive line. It's the biggest mismatch. It's a very important matchup. But the Bengals defense sneakily has been pretty darn good lately, Howard. And you know, all these free agent ma- uh, pickups that they made have worked out, whether it's a at, at, at the corner or trading for B.J. Hill from the Giants. That was that was a masterstroke there. Um, you know, a lot of these things have worked out. Hendrickson is the obvious one. I was, I was dubious. I did not think Trey Hendrickson was going to have a big year at the Bengals. I thought, you know, not having Cam Jordan on the other side was going to be a big problem for him. No, I was hella wrong and happily so. Hella wrong. Really? Hella wrong, Jeff? Come on. Am I allowed to say that? Did I, did I, I watch you, it? Oh, you're definitely that? allowed to say it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, 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 I'm sure that everybody who's, you know, under 25 listening to this podcast probably just rolled their eyes at a couple of boomers here sitting here talking using the word hella but that's okay well, you're like you're like Kyle 
Provolosky and South Park. Stop saying hella, Cartman. <laughs> well, come on. I mean, it, it, it's bonkers up here in Northern California how many people use hella. Um, like well, it's I an older just, reference that is just being incorporated now. So there, there you go. You're ahead of your time. You did. Yes, I'm ahead of my time. Um, does Jalen Ramsey shadow Jamar Chase? He hasn't shadowed all year long, or I mean, very rarely does he like spend so much time on on one receiver. Does he do it here for the Super Bowl? I think that's unlikely. I mean, I think he'll probably. I mean, I, I think it'll be the primary guy, but I. I I don't think teams do well when they single cover single cover chase. And I know Ramsey's amazing. I don't want to like tug at Superman's cape here, uh, but a the, he doesn't shadow that often, and b they move him around. Uh, I, I don't think they will. We'll see. I hope I, you know. I don't. I think they'll ha- he'll have help at times. That's the way most teams have attacked Chase in the playoffs, and they've they've limited you know it, when they haven't they've paid for it. Um, so I think that you'll see that they'll lock on him pretty good with two guys. I think they'll bracket him more often than not. What do you think? I, I do think they'll bracket him a bunch. I mean, the, the, the chiefs limited him to just 54 yards last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've, we've seen when teams do that, uh, the, you know, the thing about it is, I mean, I don't know if Ramsey shadows or not, but you know, when I, when I look at, you know, the, uh, the, the situation there, if I'm Joe Burrow, I'm just throwing away from Ramsey. Like I, I really just show me where he is on the field. Because I've got two other receivers and a, and, and a tight end who are likely going to be well, maybe not if it's Drew Sample because he's like he's like a refrigerator with sneakers on. Yeah, um, second round pick, Drew Sample. Let, let, let's you know, let's now that's that's what, hell that's of a blocker. Great. Yes, <laughs> Marla yes. Hooch, what a hitter! <laughs> I don't even know that reference, but I'm come on, are you serious? It. A league no. of their own. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I haven't quoted that in a long time, my friend. Sorry. See, come on. Man. I let you down. I failed you. I let you down. You you almost made me feel like a dinosaur for a second. For almost. A second. I, almost. I, I now that you you I the, the witness says um, recollection was refreshed. I now remember it, but uh, sorry. <laughs> um, all right. So we now I need you to take your Bengals fan hat off. Uh-huh. I know it's tough. But lose the stripes just for a second, and let's talk mm. about the Rams because, you know, the Rams are still favored in this game. The line moved up to four and a half. Um, Cooper Cup always finds a way to be open. The Rams push the chips all in in order to, to get Matthew Stafford and make this push for the Super Bowl. They've added some components along the way. This team is rock solid. They, defensively, we've been talking about them defensively um, this entire time, but. You know, offensively here, it's miraculous that Cam Akers has gotten his, himself back from the Achilles. Cup is amazing. OBJ is playing uh, a really strong complementary role. And you whispered the name earlier, Kendall Blanton, the tight end, um, who's likely to play because I don't necessarily know if Tyler Higby gets over this sprained MCL. Right. Um, so they do have they've got the weaponry to go toe to toe and beat you guys. For sure. For sure. I mean, the sharp money is all going to be on the Rams. It's it's not quite Mayweather McGregor in terms of public versus sharps, but it's got that sort of feel like, every, you know, I, there's a lot of people that love the Bengals and you're probably having a lot more individual betters on the Bengals. But I, for the like the, the, the professional gambler side, I think more people are on the Rams. 
I'll tell you one guy I like um, is one prop I like, and I, I mentioned this. We do a video every week on you know, and we one of the I did one on player props, and I mentioned I like Cam Akers on the over fourteen and a half receiving yards. Opposing mm. uh, running backs have averaged about forty uh, receiving yards against the Bengals. I don't think you're going to see uh, Sony Michelle getting those. Now, if Henderson plays, obviously that that narrative changes a little bit, and there might be some point into Henderson playing, but I think he's decidedly third string now. Oh yeah, right. I mean, how the mighty have fallen. It's, yeah, it's I mean, happened. you're talking about a guy that was a very useful piece most of the way through the season, and Dude. you know, especially as a receiving you know in a PPR format, he was he was awesome. He was a really good pass catcher because that's obviously he did that a lot at Memphis. Uh, but uh, you know, that's he's kind of east out of it now with acres back yeah i um sidebar uh i i drafted cam acres in the uh in, during the third round reversal of the scott fishbowl right oh. and thought i was you know just the the cat's pajamas there right or i know it was mm-hmm. this yeah I, I think it was that yeah it was that third round because i got him in the fishbowl too i think i got him in the second round unfortunately but i did back him up with henderson well see that's the thing is that I didn't back him up with Henderson. Somebody poached him from me. And then, of course, you know, that that like, you know, that took me off of Henderson completely. You know, watching his ADP rise as fast as it did, I was worried that the Rams were going to bring somebody in, which they did. It was just so happened that it was Sony Michelle. And, you know, I nobody really had much faith in him. So I was off Henderson uh, early on, and that turned out to burn me. And then by the time, you know, you, you look to a guy like Henderson after, you know, you're, you're like, swallow your pride and you go back. Now he's done. And there's nothing there's he's useless because Sony Michelle is suddenly the greatest running back of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, that's the thing. And Sony Michelle has his own story, you know, where, OK, everyone was saying bone on bone. That was like the key thing with him, with his knee. And you're like, mm-hmm. OK, we're going to melt him down for glue. No, he, he's still got he's still good. He still can play. You know, yes, he's not Nick Chubb. The Pats did screw up. That doesn't make him a bad player. And, you know, he can play too. And now he's like, you know, you know, in the, I guess he, only, you know, he was more active, obviously, after Akers got hurt against the Niners, but against the Bucs, he had like 14 snaps after being a very productive player prior to that. Yeah, it was amazing how quickly they moved to Akers. I was worried, really. Like, they gave him 24 carries um, in that uh, in, in that first game or the second game that he was back for, like they right. held him back in that first one. Then they gave him twenty four carries. The next one, I was like, "Really? Are we not like running him a little too hard right now?" That made me nervous. Yeah, I mean, the good news is he didn't have that many reps, uh, but the bad news is, yeah, that's a lot coming off of an Achilles like that. I guess uh, one thing we are learning is that the timetable is accelerated now. Uh, that it's players can come back from that injury a little bit quicker, which is encouraging for future injuries. Yeah, it definitely is, right? The $6 million man, it's not just uh, a, a rumor and a myth now. Now it's actually right. a potential reality. Exactly. <laughs> so so how do you uh, – I mean, do you, do, you, do you want me to avoid asking you how you see the, the game playing out here, how you see um, your secondary handling Cooper Cup? Do you have any kind of a prediction? Addiction. So I'll say this. Has, have you tracked like how the receiving yards prop with Cup has kept on going up and up? Yes. Uh, it's pretty interesting. And uh, frankly, they're probably right. Uh, I will say the Bengals secondary is not bad, though. I mean, yeah, I don't want to see Eli Apple matched up with Cup, but I would love to see more of Wuzier. Uh, hey, we got a, you got a bracket Cup. 
let's let's make sure you don't happen do what the Bucks did and get safety uh, alone on Cup and when the game is up on the line. The but, slot corner blitz. What yeah. a call. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that was just amazing. When you know they had to, you know, make up that distance in a hurry. And you know, nothing against Winfield, a hell of a safety. He's no business covering Cup one on one. No. But uh I, I think Cup gets his. I think the key is like is OB, OBJ going to be as good as he was against the Niners? Um, and give give the Bengals two guys to really focus on. Uh, if that if that happens, then it, it could be a, a problem. The Bengals have to get to Stafford. Stafford got hit a lot in Week 18 against the uh, Niners. He got hit 13 times. The Bengals have to bring it with Hendrickson. They need uh they, they need to get to Stafford without blitzing too often their own right. Um, I think you know it. This game is really going to be on the line. I know on on the the. the the Rams defensive line versus the Bengals offensive line is a big mismatch. I don't think it's a mismatch between the Rams O-line and the Bengals D-line. I think it's pretty close. Okay. All right. Um, thoughts on Mike Hilton, who's only allowed, what, like three catches against him in the playoffs? Like, he seems to be playing yep. pretty much out of his mind. Jim Bowden, um, who's got his roots in Cincinnati also, um, has been really high on Mike Hilton this whole week. Um, so I'm curious as to how you think he handles Cooper Cup as well. You know, a, a hell of a signing, uh, stealing away from the Steelers like that, a division rival, always nice. Good slot corner. He had made one of the big plays in that Tennessee game where he intercepted uh, Tannehill in the red zone. Um, when, you know, that that was when Tennessee was just running it down their throats. And for reasons, they went to try to throw to their fourth best target and on a play with, I don't know. But anyway, he made the play. Uh, and you know, Hilton's been great. Uh, I'm a big fan of his work and, you know, what he can do covering the slot will be really important. Uh, you know, I think you want to try to exploit Eli Apple in coverage. I think that's the thing, uh, you know, if, especially you get him in solo coverage, I think that'll be big for the Rams. I think, you know, getting that third receiver help, you know, what, whether it's Skoranek or someone else that jumps in and becomes that third target, that's going to be pretty important. Bengals are going to dedicate a lot of resources to cup, trying to stop cup just like everybody does, uh, and, and OBJ as well. It's just who, you know, especially if Higby doesn't play, who's going to step up and be that third option for the Rams? That's why I like the Acres prop. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. I like it. I'm not going to I'm not gonna make you commit to a prediction here because I know you also probably want to save that for like Friday's Roto-Wire show, right? Thursdays. I take Friday off, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I will make one on Thursday. Uh, I'll just say though, it's funny. I was on Rick and Glenn's show uh, last week. Cause you know, Rick, uh, Wolf, uh, with your partner with fantasy alarm, he I, I think is, I know you know him well, he's a good man. Uh, he's a Rams fan. So yeah. we have a Jersey bet. Uh, the loser buys the winner Jersey of his choice, uh, at least a player of his choice. You know, you can't do one of those homemade jerseys or anything like that. It's gotta be a real Jersey, you know, uh, and all that. So hoping to get uh, a jersey out of Rick. But uh, I'll admit, we're up against it. I'm not asking for points, though, in that bet. I am just going to just do a straight-up bet with him. I love it. I love it. I um, I, I snuck in when, when I saw it was four and a half. I immediately, because I'm in California, I can't bet, as you know. Yes, um, sir. Forever. But I will. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that a friend of mine may have placed a wager for me on the Bengals as soon as I got that extra hook there. And I got, when nice. it went to four and a half, I was like, I got, I got, I just have to do it. I have to. Very good. Uh, you're, there's plenty of room aboard the bandwagon. Welcome to Who Day Nation, Howard. We, we, we love you. 
Well, I thank you for that. I thank you for that. Now, you know, I'm like a big Grater's ice cream fan. So I'm there like all go. things. I dated a girl who was uh, who was in Cincinnati for, for quite some time. Oh, good. So so I've got some familiarity over there. I could talk about drinking beers at Clifton while waiting to go to a Reds game and, at, at you know, Muldoon's. Come on. I'm in there. You know it better than I do. I'm I'm honorary. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. Oh man! All right. Well, you guys are going to have to tune into the Rotowire show on uh, on Thursday to catch Jeff's full prediction uh, for that, and that is um, that is nine to eleven a.m. Eastern. That is uh, twelve. Yeah, twelve to two Eastern, nine to eleven Pacific. Uh, nine to yeah. eleven Pacific. Yeah. yeah. So it's nine nine to eleven Eastern. I'd be a tired boy, Howard. Uh, because you know, I'm a West coast guy. And even though I get up early with my girls, that still would be a little early for my liking there, but yeah, uh, 12 to two Eastern, super happy to do that. And you know, we're going, it's all year round, whether it's football, baseball, talk hoops, hockey, golf, just like you guys, you do everything. I, one of the things I appreciate about you, Howard, is you are a multi-sport analyst. Um, and I, I love that you are into everything as well. Um, I, yes, I am very into it all. I learned very long time ago. I can't, I can't say that maybe it was, uh, you know, some rotowire influence there, but learn to be a multi-sport uh, guy in this industry and you'll get far. Indeed. So baseball, football, uh, that's what I'm uh, I'm into. And I'll tell you what, listen, because you and I, we've uh, we've done battle in uh, in some fantasy baseball leagues and uh, you and I have had numerous times. We've actually sat at the broadcast table too, breaking down fantasy baseball drafts. So I want to take a quick time out for a quick commercial break and say hello to our sponsors. Thank them for keeping the lights on. When we come back, I just want to get some of Jeff Erickson's quick thoughts here on drafting during a lockout. So we'll be right back after this. So Jeff, drafting in a lockout, I mean, really, have fantasy baseball owners just been kicked in the huevos rancheros for three straight seasons now? You had pandemic season you had no spring training and all the problems last season now we're in a lockout here how are you coping right now you know day by day i'm still drafting yeah first pitch arizona a, a conference we do every year sponsored by the good folks at baseball hq i was a speaker there we just started a 15 team draft in the whole league draft champions format on the nfbc platform uh and we're doing that i i'm on the tout wars board as you well know so uh you know, try and we'll be playing against each other in AL Tell. We're still going to draft on time, no matter what happens. Uh, I just have to. I mean, I have no choice but to act as if we're going to have a season at some point. Unless they, we'll see. Manfred's got a conference on Thursday. I'm not looking forward to that because there's no there's no negotiation scheduled either, which kind of is bothersome. Uh, if he says something like, "Okay, no spring training at all," where it's canceled, no more Bushwood, you know, then I'll be upset. But uh, you know, until then, I'm just going to keep going as I am and. Hope that we get something approaching a full season. I'm not super optimistic about the status of negotiations, mind you, but just do our best and uh, try to leave the business side out of it as best we can and, you know, deal with the frustrations. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's, it's interesting just because, you know, obviously you as an analyst and, you know, you guys, you know, contributing to a, you know, a draft guide and all the uh, the advice that you're giving out to people. And I'm sure you're getting bombarded with questions. Do I make these adjustments? Do I plan for the full season? If I'm drafting right now, am I drafting for, you know, 162 games? Is that what, right. you know, what we're looking at last year with no spring training? We saw how many, how many guys got off to these like 
horrific slow starts um, because they didn't have, you know, a proper spring training there. I mean, right. are you are you making any any adjustments at all? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, and there's so many variables that need to be solved, including whether or not we have a universal DH. I think that's one that we have to still pay attention to. Uh, I, I'm prepared. I've got like an alternate set of projections for that, that I'm ready to just kind of go with there once we get news on that. But I, one thing, the later this goes, the more I might bump up some guys that are currently hurt. I mean, they can skew both ways, but like Ronald Acuna is the one, the obvious flashpoint guy, you know, mm-hmm. don't know what he's going to be like when he returns uh, and whether he'll be able to run, but the more time he can buy, the better for him. Uh, others, uh, although that, 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 the converse is he has less time to work with the team doctors, engage his progress and, you know, be able to rehab perhaps properly. I, I almost wonder, though, Howard, if surreptitiously there's being some uh, uh, there's some co- there's some conversations here and there uh, that are happening under the kind of under the maybe not under the watchful eye of the team front office. Like, don't let anybody know that you're talking to Acuna. It may not be Acuna, but it could be another rehabbing pitcher for all we know. But I, I can't believe it's just stone cold silence everywhere. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> always a tough part, right? That's always yep. a tough part when you start looking at those those injured players and you're wondering why you haven't heard anything. And that's yeah, yeah, it's difficult. So you're 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 in an NFBC draft champions draft right now, right? Yep, and I've done four of the NFBC fifties, those twelve teamers. I mm-hmm. did the XFL, which is a hybrid keeper dynasty league. Uh, a lot of you know a lot of people in the industry, folks, but not all industry folks. But uh, that that's OBP uh, and it's 15 teams. So it's that's an, also an auction. We did it in December. Uh, I've got labor coming up, uh, mixed labor. Uh, that's on February 22nd. Uh, that's going to go on as scheduled. Steve Garter does a great job running labor. And I'm excited to be part of that once again. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go on as scheduled. I mean, what else am I going to do? I'm gonna, am I going to start covering curling? Hopefully not. Uh, but, uh, you know, I did do... <laughs> Two years ago, I did a set of projections for the KBO. I'd rather let leave that in the capable hands of Eric Halterman or someone else at Rotowire and not have to worry about that. But, you know, we'll make do. Now, we'll find a way to keep busy. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Listen, I, I'm, uh, I'm in process right now of uh, of two best ball drafts uh, over at our friends at RT Sports. Yeah. Uh, doing some draft masters there. When Ronis gets back from vacation, uh, we're going to start doing some uh, some draft champions that we uh, that we've been plotting away. Yeah, we're doing the uh, we're doing the exact same thing. You know, we're just we're, we're doing our drafts. We're trying to develop everything. You know, I'm like working on the auction values, just, you know, kind of tweaking and fine tuning here, um, which is always, you know, entertaining and stuff. But listen, yeah, we're doing the uh, the, the same thing here. And I got to tell you, man, it's uh, it's a ton of fun. It's a ton of fun. Like we like. I Who doesn't feel, like to draft? I mean, come on. Well, see, that's the thing, you know, and, and not to like complain or, or whatever, but like I feel like these last two years with the pandemic and everything um, and just with, with the uh, the intense like addition of football coverage that we've uh, that we've seen, yeah. um, I, I feel like I've been gypped out of fantasy baseball these last two years. And so now I'm like I'm hellbent on Making right. sure that like this is this is a dominant year. You better watch out for me this year in town. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yeah, uh, and uh, that's great. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I am doing more. I'm paying more attention to dynasty football. It's not my like wheelhouse. We have, but we have guys on staff that are more into dynasty than I am. But we'll be covering that more on SiriusXM 
Uh, we've got a weekly dynasty podcast hosted by Alan Soslowski. So I'll be, I'll be jumping in on that here and there. Um, Cause let's face it. I mean, you can make it a year round thing uh, if you want to, but I still love all sports. I, I'm going to watch World Cup qualifiers. I'm going to watch tennis majors. I'm in a golf fantasy league and I have been for 22 years. So I'm going to keep doing that, too. I got lots to keep me busy. Um, I, yeah, I feel like I need to expand a little bit more. I get, the guys keep trying to get me into basketball and I don't know why it doesn't take. I think I'm just going to have to turn to hockey from now on. I feel like that might be my my, my third stop. There you go. Hockey's great. It's a great sport. It's a great sport live. You can get it's to get yourself a to a Sharks game. I mean, that that's ideal for you. Uh, see, that's where I miss being a New Yorker, Jeff. Just catching a Rangers game at, at MSG. That, right. that was always in my wheelhouse because when I didn't have a night, you know, yeah, I always had a spot at the bar. And at the bar, somebody always finally, you know, somebody somehow manages to leave tickets uh, until the bartenders are like, here, you want them? Go. So. Fun stuff like that. All right. Well, Jeff, my man, I want to thank you again so much. Do me a favor. Plug everything that needs to be plugged. Tell them all everybody here. I mean, I'm sure if they if they listen to this podcast and they follow me, um, they obviously follow you and they know who you are and everything. But maybe there's one person who's listening to this podcast who's like, wow, I did not know about where <laughs> Jeff Erickson was. Yeah, you're funny. Um, I. Okay, catch me on Sirius and XM, 12 to 2 Eastern Time, Rotowire Fantasy Sports Today. Hit, you, know, you can see all my work at rotowire.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Rotowire. I'm doing three baseball podcasts a week, Sunday night with Scott Jenstead, Tuesdays with Fred Zinke, just finished recording before I started talking with you. Uh, and then Thursday with the random guests in the industry, which I believe you've joined me on before. I know for football you have, and I'm pretty sure you have for baseball too. Um, and I'll be doing that all season long. I do a golf podcast, gaming golf that's on Tuesday afternoons. Football season, I'll do two football podcasts too. So I talk too much, basically. Do not talk too much. Not enough people listen. How about that? No, How thank about you. that? Jeff, an absolute pleasure. You, obviously, you've always been one of my favorites in the industry. And the time that we had at Rotowire has just been, you know, obviously has, has imprinted on me and my work ethic and style and, and how I've grown in this industry. And so, you know, I, I think I might be older than you, though, but, you know, which is always kind of funny when you really? sit there. You I say, always thought it was the opposite. I'm 50. I don't know. I don't know. Do we want to confess age right now? I, I have no problem with that. I like 50. That's good. You're 50? Yeah. Yeah, I'm 51. Oh, you got me. Man, gotcha. Really... I gotcha, I Erickson. This list is older than me by four whole weeks, but uh, you got me by a little bit more than that. But how much? <laughs> how much? Oh, man. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure getting a chance to talk to you, man. Love catching up. Love it. I, dude, have a, an amazing time with the Super Bowl. I mean, really. I mean, you I will. definitely deserve it, man. So I really appreciate you joining us here. Anytime. Thanks, Howard. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Jeff Erickson of Rotowire. And thanks so much for tuning in, liking and subscribing and all that fun stuff. I'm Howard Bender. This has been the Anti-Up Podcast. We'll catch you next time.